Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome, folks. Welcome to a special episode of Soul Talk. Today's episode is called Coffee with Coot. I think this is part three. I've done a couple of Coffee with Coots. The premise being, if you could imagine that you had the opportunity to sit for some coffee or tea or matcha or cacao or kombucha or whatever it is that you drink, and we could sit for a moment and have a conversation, what are some of the questions you would like to ask me? And in this episode, uh, is totally off the cuff. I haven't pre-thought, pre-imagined, or even seen the questions. Uh, the questions that you have sent in to social media, Instagram, Facebook, etc., etc. Uh, I just shoot from the hip and imagine we are sitting at tea or coffee and having a conversation and answering your questions. And so I'm just going to start scrolling through the questions for today's episode, folks. Could I can't get started with a writing assignment? What should I do for university? I can't get started for a writing assignment for university. What should I do? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I think many times writing can be a difficult process. Just to be uh, honest, I have a hard time writing. I can write. I'm a good writer. I've written two nationally best-selling books, uh, Magic of Surrender, You Are the One. But honestly... I'm infamous for saying I hate writing. I don't enjoy the writing process. The writing process is way too uh, slow for the way my brain works. I would much rather communicate. The hardest part of writing is this, is sitting down. Let me repeat. The hardest part of writing is sitting down. So one thing that you can do to move through your procrastination is make it a choice to not be a choice so that you don't give yourself a choice and that's the choice that you give. When you make it a choice to not be a choice, your mind no longer has the room to think, to negotiate, to, to consider, to pontificate, to wiggle around. It's not even an option to write or not to write. And so what I would encourage you to do is create a schedule and a structure Often people just want to follow the inspiration for their creative endeavors and their writings. I'll do it when I feel inspired. I'll do it when I'm in the mood. I'll do it when the, the spirit moves me or when it's in the flow. But what we often don't realize is that inspiration, true inspiration, the soul follows uh, the soul follows our action and our commitment. Inspiration follows our action and our commitment and our intention. So when you create structure, structure is freedom. 
Discipline is freedom. And when you create structure by scheduling the times that you're going to write, and when I say write, folks, some of you may not be writers. Some of you might be artists or performers or creators or editors or fill in the blank, whatever your endeavor might be, or you have to make cold calls or whatever it is you have to do. Just, just fill in the blank. I'm using writing because that's the specific reference in the question I was given. And so create time, block out time in your schedule for your writing and make that time non-negotiable. Also make that time in terms of writing a priority. Don't do it at the end of the day. Do it first. Do what is most important first and do what is hardest first. I have found that for me to be tremendously effective. Now, obviously, you have to experiment with it. But when you do what's hardest first, you don't dilly-dally around. Prioritize what is most challenging and difficult and meaningful first and let all the other things, let everything else revolve around that. Many times we get it the opposite. We do the opposite. We do everything that's menial and not that important first. And, and by the time we get to what's really important, we're exhausted, we're tired, we've been invited to a friend's party, uh, we don't feel like it, we're not in the mood. And so what's important, the writing doesn't happen. When you prioritize it first, you make yourself do it first and you make it non-negotiable, it's no longer a choice, then you're focused. Then you have full energy. That is key. Prior prioritizing what's important, prioritizing actions and activities that are going to uh, produce, be more productive, move you forward, create sales, right? Create a result. So prioritize your writing. That's, that's key. In terms of writing, what I found helps me is sitting down to write no matter what. The second thing that also has helped me is giving myself permission to suck, giving myself permission to write terribly. We often get caught up in analysis of paralysis and a paralysis of perfection. The unconscious or conscious desire to write or do it perfectly often paralyzes us from actually taking action because there's a deep fear of if I write and it's not perfect, then what? right? Or this desire to write the perfect sentence, to write the perfect project paralyzes us. And then you could end up staring at the screen for hours. One thing that really helped me is I just gave myself permission to write terribly. I gave myself permission to just uh, to, to basically to suck in my writing. When you take the pressure off of yourself and you give yourself that permission and you just Allow yourself to open the channel and write whatever, even if it's terrible, even if you judge it as terrible, even if it's nonsense, even if, if it's no good, you just dump your thoughts, your ideas on the page. That opens your channel of creativity and allows information to come through and allows you to get what you want to write out. It allows you to get what you want to write out because here's the thing. You can always go back and edit what you need to edit. The hardest part is sitting down. The second hardest part is getting it out. When you take all the pressure off and give yourself permission to suck, then you'll at least get out a foundation of what you want to say and you can go back and edit. Many times when I've just gotten out what, what I felt was spewing nonsense or writing in a way that wasn't that great, when I went back and I read my writing, when I went back and read what I wrote, in hindsight, in retrospect, looking back, it wasn't as bad as I thought. 
in the moment of writing, there were many moments where I was constantly judging myself, thinking this is not that great. But when I would go back and read what I wrote, it's like, wow, this wasn't so bad. So give yourself permission to not write great and not write perfectly. Just get it out and go back and edit afterwards. The third thing I would say that might help you with your writing, my friend, if you're listening to this podcast conversation, is really get clear on your purpose and your why. Really get clear your purpose for writing, your intention for writing, your intention for doing your project. In your specific case, your question was, how do I get started with writing an assignment for university? What should I do, right? So you want to be really clear that going to university and what you're working on in university and the subject you're working on and the, and the project is meaningful to you. So you're not just following someone else's path because sometimes our resistance can be a sign that we're not aligned. Our resistance can be an internal sign that we're really not aligned and that's why we're not motivated as well. And so I, I would say what's, what's so important is getting clear on your motivation. What is your motivation? What is your purpose for writing? When I would sit down and feel tremendous resistance for writing, I never felt like it. There was rarely a moment where I felt compelled and inspired to write. And I had to really tap into the deeper commitment and motivation. My true purpose, and my true purpose was to impact people. My true purpose was to inspire people. My true purpose was to elevate consciousness. My true purpose was was to inspire people to think differently and live differently and have an awakening within their hearts and souls, especially those that may have felt like giving up or felt confused. And I would imagine and feel the souls of people reading my book, being inspired. And that purpose and knowing and understanding is also part of what moved me through my own resistances. You have to know your why. If you're just writing a project or working on a project or idea, because it's the thing to do, because other people are doing it, because your parents want you to do it, because that's what society says, and the motivation is external versus intrinsic, you're going to have more resistance. And you won't have the, the pull, the inner pull, to move you through your resistances. So get clear on your why. Get clear on your deep, authentic, intrinsic motivation for you. And, and remember that. Own that. Feel that. Yes. The last thing I would say is do not simply follow your fleeting mood in the moment. I just don't feel like it. That's why I'm saying don't wait for the inspiration to catch you, to hit you, to fall and be bestowed from the heavens. Inspiration comes in the process of taking action. When you start taking action and create that momentum, you'll often find that you catch fire, you light the fire, you ignite the inspiration that was dormant. We're often waiting for the inspiration that never comes to start a project, to start writing. And so don't be fooled to following that you're fleeting feeling or mood in the moment. Connected to what I was just saying, feel your deeper commitment. Feel your deeper commitment and feel the souls of people that your writing will touch. And maybe you're not writing a book like I was. I had to feel the souls of the people that would read my book. So many of you who would read my book, I would imagine you, I'd feel you, I'd imagine your life transforming. That pulled me through, right? And so, but you might feel the, the souls of the lives that will be touched as a result of you completing this project, as a result of you completing university, as a result of you graduating and creating what you're going to create. 
feel that impact. It's important, it's important to be clear on your deeper commitment, a commitment that is bigger than yourself. When you're clear on your deeper commitment to why you're writing and the lives you're going to touch, that can also move you through. So those are some simple thoughts, my friend, that I hope will help you in terms of your writing process. And those of you that might feel resistance or procrastination to anything in your life, uh, I think some of these thoughts can help you too. Uh, but just know this, that whenever you're growing or expanding, whenever you're stretching outside of your comfort zone, whenever you're working on a project that forces you to grow in some way, a book, a creative endeavor, resistance is a natural part of the process. Many people see resistance and they see something wrong. They see resistance and they give up. They see resistance is not there to give up. Resistance is there to expand and stretch through and move through and expand your own potential and capacity. So just know, embrace resistance as a natural part of the creative process. Let's go to the, uh, the next question, shall we? Uh, someone asked, what are your first morning thoughts for a new day? Hmm, what are your first, first morning thoughts for a new day? Let's see, when I wake up in the morning, it depends. Uh, the first thing I like to do when I wake up in the morning is lie in bed for five minutes, 10 minutes, seven minutes. It really depends. It's not, a, it's not a structured or set time. But I really like to lie in bed and just slowly allow my consciousness to come into full consciousness. I like to scan my body, tune into my body. I like to bless my body, bless my body, thank my body for uh, carrying me for health, for healing overnight. Um, I also like to really reflect on gratitude for my body, gratitude for my life. These are some things, just, just thanks and gratitude and giving thanks. That's one of the things I really like to focus on in the morning, especially as I'm in a half awake, half asleep state. To me, the, the, the first few minutes in the morning is such a powerful time of day to, to, we could say, program your subconscious. It's such a powerful time of day to speak to those deeper parts of you. And so I think it's so important to use that time. I really like to take a few moments and be in gratitude, give thanks. But also in that half in-between state, I also like to visualize and think about things from my day. I like to visualize and imagine events that might happen that day and visualize possibilities, not with any attachment or force, but just visualize and, and allow myself to be open to amazing things. And so I often just say a prayer of openness, universe, I'm open and available today. Universe, I'm open and receptive today. Universe, I trust that today will be the most amazing day of my life. Universe, use me today. And so this is typically the first morning thoughts of how I begin my day. One thing that is also non-negotiable as a practice for me uh, in the morning is exercise. To me, this is non-negotiable. Before I do anything, I exercise. If I can, 365, if I'm traveling and on a flight, then maybe not. But 
I have this feeling that if I exercise in the morning and get it over and done with, even if I don't feel like it, we have to move through our resistances and be willing to do what's uncomfortable. It, many times we want the easy path, but there's no easy paths to greatness. You can't hack your way to true greatness. If you do what's easy now, I found it will be harder later. But if you do what's harder now, it will be easier later. And what I found is when you can conquer your resistance and conquer your fear and conquer your own mind first thing in the morning through, let's say, exercise and doing what you may not feel like doing, you begin to condition yourself. You begin to uh, strengthen your own internal resilience where the rest of the day becomes a lot easier. Because if you can do that in the morning, then what, what about the rest of the day? And so I make exercise a choice to not be a choice, and I make it something that's not a negotiation. The mind left unchecked will constantly be negotiating with you, even if it knows better. And in weak moments, in weak moments, if you have left the choice door open, the mind will usually slip into the point or the groove of most comfort and least resistance. But the only way we develop muscle and develop strength is to stretch ourselves, is to stretch ourselves. Greatness, you see, isn't just something that's bestowed from the heavens. Greatness is not just uh, uh, a gift given to the select few. It's so easy for us to look at the great ones, Jordan, Kobe, you know, Tom Brady, Gandhi, Mandela, Mother Teresa, the list goes on and say, well, they were born that way. They were genetically born that way. They were lucky. They were blessed. They were, you know, it's just the special. But I believe when we point to these people and say things like that, it's actually an abdication of our responsibility. We are disrespecting ourselves. When we say that, we are actually abdicating the responsibility for owning who we are and what we need to do. And so I believe that if they're special, anyone who's doing anything great on the planet, no matter who, anyone who's doing anything great that you admire, that is extraordinary, is also human. They're simply showing you the uh, possibility for what we as humans are capable of if we commit and dedicate ourselves Many times we want to be great, but we're not willing to do what the great ones do. We're not willing to do and make the sacrifices that the great ones do. But the great ones transcend from sacrificing to dedication. We often see things as sacrifice as in we're losing something when we don't do something that we think we want to do. We don't have that thing. We don't go to that place. We don't buy that thing. We don't eat that thing. But the great ones, when they make a choice, and they say no to something, it's not just about deprivation or sacrifice, it's a dedication to something bigger. It's a dedication to something more. They're saying yes to their greatness. And so what are you saying yes to? What are you saying yes to? Often we live in a comfort zone. We wake up and we do the same thing over and over again. We wake up, we think the same thoughts over and over again. We wake up and we do the same routine over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again, wonder why our life is the same. I would invite you in the morning. Now, I know this is part of the question from the morning, thoughts and conversation. 
But I, I would invite you on a constant basis to check your own routines. Make sure that your routines are not keeping you inside of a limited pattern. Make sure your routines aren't keeping you in a prison of limitation and identity. Our ego identity, which is the sense of who we think ourselves to be that has been conditioned over time, likes to do the familiar and likes to reinforce itself by doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and staying in a comfort zone because that's how the ego reinforces itself. And so one thing I like to do is find ways to mix up my routine, uh, whether it's uh, trying something different, eating something different, moving a different way. One of the things I love to do is travel. Uh, and this is a kind of a side note because when I travel, Things are new, things are fresh. When I, when I travel, the sense of identity, you, you have the opportunity to, to, to screw, to mess with your identity, to mix up your identity in those places that you tend to hold on to your sense of self. And so back to the morning conversation. In the morning, set the tone for your morning through positive thinking and focus, through movement, movement, Move your body to get the energy moving because that can set your mood through meditation also. Usually take time to meditate and being mindful. So mindfulness, movement, meditation. That's how I start my day. Uh, question, another question. Let's go to question three. Who, what or who inspires you, Coop? Um, let's see. What or who inspires me? You know, life inspires me. Human beings inspire me. In, in, in an interesting way, I am a, I'm fascinated with human beings, and my work is human beings. My work is human beings from the standpoint of what I really do is I help to uncondition human beings from the patterns of conditioning that we've been uh, uh, sort of uh, programmed into from childhood, from culture, from religion, from parents, from television, from media, from et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm so fascinated with watching humans. I love going to the airport and watching humans and, and seeing how we do what we do. I love going to different cultures and seeing the differences in different cultures and seeing why we are the way we are. That inspires me. And one thing that inspires me about humans, I've had the opportunity in the last 20 years, I would say, to when I first began coaching people one-on-one, -on -one, I have had the opportunity that's really profound to sit with people one-on-one, one-on-one -on -one in person, really different even from today's coaching where a lot can be online and but in person and the way i coach is very deep the way i coach is so so in-depth transformational i don't coach i uncoach and I, I i help people become aware of the core patterns core issues core wounds that have been so deeply embedded and programmed into their psyche consciousness body physiology nervous system that that ultimately is running running us right and and so i've had the privilege and opportunity to really see people and understand people from all walks of life and i've worked with some of the people some folks that have been through the most difficult issues that you could imagine some of the deepest challenges beaten abuse raped molested i mean the list goes on and on stories that would shatter and break your heart that you wouldn't even believe a human being went through this 
heartbreaking, the stuff that human beings we have gone through. And what really inspires me is to hear these stories and to meet these people, to serve these people as my dear clients and to feel the fact that despite what they've been through, despite their challenges, despite their wounds, they're still reaching for the light. They haven't given up. They haven't chucked it in. They haven't given in. They're reaching for the light. They're reaching to heal and transform themselves as difficult as it is. It's so inspiring to feel the indomitable spirit of the human spirit, the, 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 the strength of the human spirit, you know? And so when I feel that, that inspires me. That so deeply inspires me in terms of humans. Humans inspire me. And, and it also, that inspires me too, to do my best to be compassionate with people and compassionate with the human experience and human beings every day. And often when I see people freaking out, acting weird in grocery stores and checkout clerks and, you know, just people we interact with every day that can be easy to judge. I think I'm really inspired because you don't know. You really don't know what someone has been through. You really don't know the story and everything. Everyone has a story and everyone has their pain and everyone has a story that they, that they haven't shared that they're dealing with right now. And when you really get that, your heart can break open in compassion. And when you really get that, I found for myself, it's, it's inspired me to be more compassionate because I, you just don't always know what someone has gone through and is going through currently. You don't know. You don't know what it has taken for them to overcome their pain, to even be able to stand in front of you right now. And even though they may not be perfect, even though they might be a little weird, it's a miracle that maybe they're even able to function based on some of the stuff they've been through in their childhood, you know? And so everyone has a story that we don't know about. And uh, I've been really inspired to hear those stories and understand those stories and understand humanity as a whole. Uh, that's been really inspiring, really inspiring. Um, let's see. Let's see, folks. So, so anyway, I could keep going on and on, but let's, uh, let's move on to the next question. You know, who or what inspires you? Let me, let me also answer a couple more things. My parents inspire me. Uh, I, I write about this in my, you are the one book. If you haven't read it, check it out. And the magic of surrender book. My mother inspires me daily, even though she's not around, she inspires me. I feel her spirit. I feel her as a guiding force and principle in my life. I feel her navigating and helping me from the other side in so many ways. And when I think of my mother and her purity, when I think of my mother and her level of surrender, when I think of my mother and her humility and her commitment to being of service, deeply inspired each day, deeply inspired. My father also inspires me, yeah, in, in, in a different way because my father is still alive and I try to visit him every three to four months in Ghana and go back for three days and at this stage of his life, I think he's about 84, 85. I just sit with my father. We do nothing. People say, what did you do? Nothing. I just sit down with him and we just sit and we be together. That's it. And uh, what really inspires me, inspired me about my father is the level of unwavering faith, the level of unwavering 
unwavering radical faith that this man has. My father's faith in God, in the universe, in life, in the perfection of what we are is unflinching. When I say unflinching, it is unflinching. And uh, it's so powerful that it gives me a foundation of courage within myself. So those are a few things that inspire me. Um, how do you develop confidence? Now, I will say I've done uh, a couple of deep dive podcasts and videos on that. Check, check out my YouTube and check out, scroll through the Soul Talk episode list and look for the one on self-esteem and self-confidence. Um, the challenge is many times we are, as human beings, we are disconnected from ourselves. We are disconnected from ourselves. And true, authentic self-confidence doesn't come from your personality. As human beings, we've become so identified with ourselves as our personality, our ego, our hair, our breasts, our rings, our stuff, our watch, our car, our, our, our body, our eyebrows, our, you know, fill in the blank. But all these things are transitory and all these things change. The degree to which you derive a sense of confidence from all of these external things is the degree to which you won't feel free inside. You'll be dependent. And so real, real self-confidence is, uh, is about being connected first and foremost and knowing who you are, that what you are, when you really understand that what you are is the self with a capital S, the self with a capital S that is beyond birth, beyond death, that is pure spirit, pure consciousness, that is perfect, whole, and complete. And you know the source of what you are, the source of what you are as perfection, as divine, then it starts to change the game. It starts to, to open up another dimension of confidence because you know that what you are can't be shaken. You know that what you are can't be taken away. Your title can be taken away if your confidence is based on that. It's over. You know, your job can be taken away. Things can be taken away. But what you are can't be taken away. The challenge is we've been so conditioned out of what we are, even though we still are what we are. We've just forgotten what we are based on the conditioning from childhood. We're born, we're born. Look at a child. The child is in touch with their essence. A child is born free. A child is alive. A child is happy. A child is, is, is not self-conscious. A child is confident. A child, baby, well, a young kid will, will poop his pants. It doesn't care. Looks, poops his pants, looks at you and smiles. That's called confidence. Will run naked through the house. The child isn't thinking uh, do you like my body? Am I cute? Do you, do, am I fat? A child is just being what it's being. That's pure confidence. It will sing at the top of its lungs. Uh, it doesn't care if it's not Celine Dion's pure confidence, right? Because the child is still in touch with its essence. When you know that what you are is your essence, not your hair, not your skin tone, not your eye colors, not your eyelashes, not your what you are is consciousness, energy, spirit, that nothing can burn you, nothing can touch you, nothing can shake that, and you awaken to your true identity. This is the source of real confidence. Meditation, self-inquiry, questioning and asking, who am I? We've been conditioned to believe who we are. And if you look at media, we've been taught by our parents, this is who you are. We've been taught by religion, this is who you are. We've been taught by the media, 
hey, you're not enough. I mean, so much programming from the media, which shakes our confidence. You're not enough. You're not enough. You're not enough. You're not enough. You're, not enough. you're just this body. Look at this magazine. Look at this magazine. Look at this Instagram. Look at this commercial. Look at this advertisement. You're not enough. 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 We're pumped and we're hypnotized and we're seduced with this programming from a very young age. And if we believe that, well, I am just this name and this body and this ego structure and this personality, and it's not enough. But the media says, hey, if you just wear this underwear and if you just drink this drink and if you just buy these clothes and if you just do this thing and drive this car, then you're going to be enough. You can see where the problem with self-confidence lies. We've been conditioned to seek a sense of validation and confidence outside of ourselves, but we're looking in the wrong direction. So we have to understand this and reframe that and understand that what you are is enough. When you realize that you are enough, that you are whole, perfect, complete, divine, you can't be sold, you can't be controlled, you can't be manipulated, you know that what you are is pure gold. It's infinite, bright, perfect. And that's the true source of confidence, when you know that nothing can take away what you are. Nothing can make you less than what you are. You are what you are. You are a child of God a child of the infinite, a child of the divine, a child of the universe, pure consciousness. And so if you're not in touch with that question, who am I? What am I? Where do I exist? Also, it's, it's really important that you can, on a human level, acknowledge those parts of yourself that feel less than and ask yourself, is this my story? Is this my belief? Acknowledge those parts of yourself that feel less than, that feel unlovable, that feel not beautiful, that feel less than or insecure in certain ways, less than confident, and realize that those parts of you are parts of you that are in pain. And those parts of you are the parts of you that need the most attention and loving. And healing, healing is applying love to those parts of you. And as you apply love to those parts of you and you give that to yourself, the less you'll need it from outside. And the more you give that to yourself, the more you heal, the more confident you can become uh, day by day by day. And as a result, you can take action. Part of confidence comes also in the human level from loving yourself, but also taking action as you take action and you accomplish more and you do more, and now this sounds like a paradox, but as you do more and as you step into situations that are uncomfortable, you also develop your confidence because of, of, of action that you're taking. Not that it adds to or lessens your, your sense of who you are, but you, you can develop confidence on a practical human level by doing what's scary, by taking actions and going in directions for things you don't know and overcoming. This also is how you begin to develop human confidence on a practical, practical level. And so I would just say start there. And see what happens, my friend. Let's take maybe one or two more questions for today's episode of um, of Coffee with Coot. Hope you're enjoying this episode, folks. I'm scrolling through some questions. Let's see if there's any questions in today's episode. One more. Let's take one more. How can we manifest our future but surrender? Okay, this is the final question for today. How can we manifest our future but still surrender? Let's be clear, folks. Surrender does not mean laziness. Surrender does not mean inactivity. Surrender does not mean passivity. Surrender doesn't mean just sitting there and doing nothing. Surrender 
is to align. It's really, okay, so it's really the old paradigm has taught us an ego-based model of manifesting and creating in the world. That ego-based model of manifesting and creating in the world is ask the question, what do I want? What do you want? What do you want? You have to know what you want, set your goals, and make a plan and go for it. What do you want? You might get everything you thought you wanted, but feel dissatisfied. Maybe you've had that experience. Or you might manifest everything you thought you wanted only to realize that what you thought you wanted was not what you really wanted. It was just what you thought you wanted. It wasn't what you really wanted, right? And many times our goals, dreams, and desires of what we want to manifest, think we want to manifest, is really a projection, a projection of unmet needs, unmet desires, a projection of unmet wounds from our childhood. Maybe dad wasn't there, mom wasn't there. We weren't loved, we weren't validated. So we projected and we said, if I can just get this goal and achieve this thing and make a zillion dollars and drive this Ferrari, blah, blah, let's go have this body, have enough Instagram followers, then I'm going to be enough. Nothing outside of you makes you more or less. Nothing outside of you make, can make you enough and fill that hole if you're not in touch with who you are, which is truly whole, W. H-O-L-E versus H-O-L-E. And so the old paradigm asks the question, what do you want? What do you want to manifest? This is limited. Now you can manifest a life this way and it might be good. It might be nice. It might be great, but it will be limited because the mechanism that you're using to manifest is still your identity and personality and mind, which is still living inside of a limited construct and paradigm. And often you're only able to imagine based on past experiences, situations, uh, memories, based on your own history. So what you're manifesting is still going to be limited to a level of history. Now, the question that I invite you to ask in terms of surrender, and this is how you can manifest, is this, and here's the distinction. You ask the question, what is it that life is seeking to express through me? What is it that the universe is seeking to express through me? What is it that life is seeking to manifest through me? What is the deepest impulse of life, of my soul, of what's authentic that is seeking to express through me, be made manifest through me? And the key is that you open to that deeper intention, you open to deeper truth, you open to that deeper authentic, authentic impulse. You feel that you acknowledge that you attune to that and then you arrange and align your mind, your body, your, your actions, your strategy, your resources, your money with what is authentic. Then you're going in the right direction. Then you channel your actions and efforts in a flow of what's real, i.e. your ladder is on the right wall. Does that make sense? So that's key. And that's how you begin to manifest your future, but surrender. See, when you, when you manifest this way, when you surrender, so what is the universe seeking to express through me? You take the limits off of life. And when you take the limits off of life, often what you end up manifest manifesting in your future is beyond what you could have imagined for yourself because you're no longer limiting life with it's got to be this and it's got to be that. You're open. You're open. That doesn't mean you don't catch a vision. Yes, you might catch a vision. You might get a vision. You might see some clarity. But the vision and the clarity and the goal you're allowing to arise from something deeper than your ego, than your mind. 
the new identity. Then you align with that and you move in that direction. Then you align with that and move in that direction. So really, it's allowing life to lead you and it's the willingness to be open. Your willingness to be open to life revealing, open to the deeper intelligence of life. Let's say this way, no longer you manifesting as the doer. The ego always wants to be the one in control as the doer. I'm doing it. I'm manifesting. I, I, me, me, my. You look at Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, who was a miracle worker, would often say, it's not I that does the work. It's the father. It's the mother. It's the consciousness. It's life. It's the father that does the work through me. So you start realizing that you are not the doer, and you begin to realize that it's not really you, your job to manifest. It's your job to get out of the way and then surrender and, and align and allow life to manifest through you. That is the key. And when you really are open in that way, you are now available to infinite possibilities, infinite possibilities, no longer limited to time, space, no longer limited to your own identity, past, history, personality, potential. You're tapped in. You're tapped in to life itself. And this is where the magic happens. And often the future that gets created through you. You still have to show up. You still have to take action. You still get to put effort. But the future that gets created through you is bigger than you could imagine. And what life can do through you is more than you can do on your own. It's no longer you manifesting. It's life, manif life manifesting through you. That is the zone of miracles. And that is the zone of magic. Hope that helped, folks. Uh, some thoughts for today's session, Coffee with Coop. Even though I don't drink coffee, I just thought, it sounded nice. Folks, if you enjoyed today's episode, as always, do me a favor. Uh, send me an email, Coop Blackson at coopblackson.com. I would love to hear from you and how you're enjoying the episode of Coffee with Coop. Send any questions so that in the next session of Coffee with Coop, I can answer your questions as well. I'll keep your name anonymous. And uh, share this episode with everyone in your life that you love. Do me another favor, folks. Write a review on iTunes. Write a review of about Soul Talk on iTunes. Download this episode. Make sure you also get the book, The Magic of Surrender. Love now. Big hugs. Much love, everybody. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.coopblackson.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.